0: Welcome, welcome, to, to welcome to Scary, scary Stories, stories. The, cha- the channel that tells you scary, scary stories. Story black-eyed kids go trick-or-treating as told to Peter Bernard read by P.Q. River Dear Scary Stories I've got a good one that actually happened to me on Halloween in 2016 involving those same black-eyed kids that you did a story about on your channel well not the exact same ones but two that were very similar to the ones in your school bus story from a while back. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you who I am or where I live, because then I'll get inundated with black-eyed kids' pranks, and to be honest, they spook me a lot. I find it a very... Creepy thing, And I haven't told this story up till now because I wasn't sure I should add to the legend. But then I realized, if I hadn't heard about the black-eyed kids before I met them, I might not be here to tell you this story. I guess that's the main reason I decided to tell it all, but in an anonymous way. If you need proof or actual evidence of this phenomenon, you're not going to get it here, so you may as well go listen to something else. All I've got is my story, and you can make of it what you will, submitted for your approval, and all that. October 31, 2016 found me giving out Halloween candy for the first time from my new home. My wife and I had just moved into our first house in late August, but we hadn't gotten to know our neighbors yet, except in terms of smiles and hellos from a distance. My wife, who was pregnant with her first child, was eager to meet other mothers in the neighborhood. She suggested that if we decorate the house for Halloween and give out some of the better candy, we might be able to make friends with some of the other parents and families. Sounded fine to me. So I went out to some chain drugstore or another and got whatever the most expensive assortment of chocolate bars was. Then I grabbed a couple of other kinds of individually wrapped kinds of candies in case my wife and I ate all the expensive ones before the kids arrived. That was the end of my responsibility on the subject. My wife had handled the decorations and wanted to be the one answering the door. She had a jack-o'-lantern on top of a homemade scarecrow wearing her overalls. It looked a bit feminine and cute, not very frightening, but fun and inviting. I settled into my favorite chair and watched something on TV while she fussed about and made new friends. Then, at some point, for some reason, my wife was preoccupied in the back of the house when the doorbell rang. She called to me, asking me to answer it. Hopping too, I sprang towards the door, scoping out where she had the bowls of candy and how much was left of each kind. I opened the door, ready to count heads, but there were only two. It was two boys in hoodies, not wearing costumes at all. They had their heads down. Can we use your phone, mister? Asked the one. We need to call our mom. They looked up at me simultaneously, and I saw all at once that their eyes were completely black. These were the black-eyed kids I had seen people talk about on TV. I gasped and took a step back. You need to call your mother? I asked like a complete jerk. Yeah, mister, said the taller one. We need to call our mother to tell her. Then, in unison, both boys smirked. My heart dropped. And both at once said, Trick or treat! treat, At the top of their lungs, descending into giggles. They pointed at me and laughed. "'We sure got you, didn't we, mister?' said the taller one, "'low-fiving the smaller one, who did a kind of celebratory jig. "'My wife pushed past me, giving the boys all the candy they wanted "'and apologizing for my dorkiness. "'I feebly held out the bowl I had carried to the door "'and realized my hands were shaking terribly. "'The boys weren't interested in candy from me. "'They were too busy bonding with my wife.' They both left happy and my wife physically dragged me back inside. I don't want to be rude, hon, she said, but that was fail. I knew she was right. I told her that I had a special fear of the black-eyed kids and she laughed. She told me she was most afraid of Darth Vader and the cookie monster then teased me on and on through the night. Finally, the parade of kids ended. We both watched TV for a while then went to bed upstairs. I was about to fall asleep when I heard the doorbell. The clock said 12.09 a.m. We'd be ringing our bell at that hour. My wife grunted and started to get out of bed, but I told her no. Stay up here, I said, asking where she had put my baseball bat. She asked me what baseball bat, and I opened the closet and started reaching around in the dark. "'There's a pull-string light on top,' she informed me in an annoyed manner. "'If you lived here, you might know that, and also where your cricket bat is.'" She's from Australia, but she knew I was referring to a baseball bat. She was just tired and cranky and trying to pick on me, so I chose not to take it personally. Besides, I was genuinely concerned about who was at the front door and wanted to arm myself ASAP. I turned the light on and found no bat anywhere, either baseball or cricket I did find a tennis racket which must have belonged to my wife I pulled that out and took a few strings with it wondering if it could be used as a weapon the doorbell rang again oh this is ridiculous snarled my wife climbing out of bed and shouting coming hang on no i insisted it's after midnight we don't know who's down there and it might be dangerous and if either of us needs to face danger it should be me why she asked because your salary is higher than mine. i answered exiting the room we can't afford for you to get hurt i didn't hear any disagreement from her Creeping down the stairs with a tennis racket in my hand, I reminded myself that we needed to set up a front door camera. This was insane, having to open the door in the middle of the night without enough warning of exactly who was out there. The racket made me feel idiotic so I left it on the couch and continued toward the front door. I tried to move silently and stay out of the light so there would be as little warning as possible that I was approaching. I got to the front door and began to angle my head sideways, trying to look out and see who was there before they saw me seeing them. Then the doorbell rang again was so loud and scared me so badly that I screamed. And not a manly scream either, but a little kid's scream of utter terror. Two dogs in the neighborhood started barking. That's how loud I screamed. Shaking like I was ill with palsy, I once again twisted my body to look out the front window, and I saw... the same two kids from before. I guess they were coming back to double their laughs, double their fun. Annoyed, I opened the door and went immediately into lecture mode. "'Okay, kids,' I began. "'It's after midnight. Halloween is over. I no longer am legally or morally required to give you candy. You're breaking the rules of Halloween. What do you have to say for yourselves?' a taller one looked up at me hey mister we're lost can we come in he asked I was losing my temper yes we went through this all before I started but was then interrupted he said yes hissed the smaller one in a voice like a snake from an old movie he said yes we can come in what I asked no I didn't I said yes we've gone through this before I didn't say yes you could come in There, snarled the smaller one. He said it again. I did not, I insisted. The taller one looked at the other boy, then back at me. We're lost, mister, he rebooted the conversation calmly. Can we come in to use your phone? He looked at me more intently now, and his hoodie fell back a bit from his face. He wasn't wearing black contact lenses. This wasn't the same couple of kids from before. I stared into the face of the taller one. How had he done the black eye effect? For a second I thought maybe he was standing there with his eyes shut and his eyelids painted black, but I wasn't sure, so I looked closer. And closer. Pretty soon, I felt sort of dizzy and more like I was spinning in place, spiraling around the emptiness in those eyes. They weren't contact lenses, and they weren't sunglasses, and they weren't makeup. What were they? What were they? What were they? they? a memory popped into my head of something my father used to say to me. Black is the absence of all color, he would tell me. It is the absence of everything. That is what I was looking into. It was the void. It was the pit. It was the absence of everything and anything. And it seemed somehow... I felt a sudden, panicked need to pull back from this void. I realized I no longer had any sense of my body, of reality. I forced myself to breathe, to remember what breathing was, and then to do it. Once I was focused on my own breath, I felt back into my body, and seeing through my eyes again, I studied the smaller one in his eyes, too, were not eyes, but empty, hungry, swirling vortices. Why don't you let us in, mister, the taller one asked again. We only want to call our mother. Tell him again that it's okay, demanded the smaller one. I felt baffled as to what to do, and then I heard the last sound in the world that I wanted to hear at that particular moment. I heard my wife. coming down the stairs behind me. She called out, Who is it, honey? Fear shot through every part of me at once. If she came to the door, she would invite these kids in before they even asked. I don't know what happens to people who invite the black-eyed kids into their house, but it can't be anything good. It might mean illness. It might mean worse. My wife was expecting my child... And now it was my job to protect her and that kid from a kind of harm she probably wouldn't even believe actually existed. The bigger kid looked past me at my wife. His mouth moved to a smile, but the large, dark, empty, soulless holes where his eyes should be somehow suddenly looked cruel and angry. "'Hey, lady!' he called out. Panicking, I realized I had to act fast and make it work. "'I rebuke you, Satan!' I shouted in genuine fear. "'I banish you! Go forth and never return to these premises!' I shoved the bowl of candy into the kid's arms." "'and slammed the door in his face. "'Racing back to my wife before she was halfway down the steps, "'I tried to act natural and happy. "'She, on the other hand, looked a bit unhappy. "'What was that all about?' she wanted to know. "'I laughed as natural a fake laugh as I could. "'What that?' I asked. "'That, that,' she answered. "'You called one of our neighbors Satan.' Oh, that, that, I answered, trying to sound jovial. It was just those two kids from before. We were all playing around with each other. You want me to rebuke you, too? It's kind of fun. I tried to sound convincing. She looked into my eyes, which made me nervous. I took a deep breath and tried to return her gaze. I knew she would never believe me unless I could tell her while I was looking her in the eye. Tell me the truth, she said flatly. And tell me now. Fair enough. I shrugged my shoulders. I looked her in the eye and said, Two demons from hell came to the door looking to swallow both our souls as well as the soul of our unborn child. There is nothing to fear, though, because I banished them both back to the nether regions from which the hoary beasts had arisen. she was giggling halfway through and now it was she who couldn't make eye contact with me i tickled her and she screamed in fun and ran to the bedroom finally out of her gaze i took a few deep breaths then ran back to the front window i looked around outside nobody appeared to be there cautiously i opened the front door Something was on the floor outside. I jumped back when I saw it. Then I could see it was our candy bowl, and it appeared that none of the candy had been taken. I went outside and picked up the bowl, then walked around to our garbage cans, dumping the candy in there. I didn't want my wife eating anything that had been held by one of those... whatever they were. When I got back inside, my wife was back on the top step. "'I thought you were following me,' she said. "'What happened this time?' I looked her in the eye and told her the truth. The job of protecting my lady from the forces of evil is a never-ending one. She laughed, and that's how the story ends. That was the last time I let myself be afraid of anything in my life. I'm not saying it's the last time I felt fear. Fear is healthy. It's an early warning system. It lets us know we'd better get focused quickly. Being afraid... On the other hand, being afraid is pointless. Yes, we need to accept our fears, but then we need to face them and we need to survive them. And once we learn that, we never need to be afraid ever again. The End Check out the audio podcast version of Scary Stories NYC, now available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and other popular podcatchers. Bigfoot Attacked My Tiny House, Scary Stories by Peter Bernard, Volume 1, now available on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook versions, narrated by P.Q. Ribber and me, Madeline Starr, forward by TV's famous Timothy Green Beckley, better known as Mr. UFO. And if there's anyone out there who can't get enough of P.Q. River, search in your favorite search engine for P.Q. River, and you'll find plenty of podcasts, music, and weirdness. Come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. Scary. Scary. Scary story.